there, everybody. It's Tracy with the Everybody Counts podcast for so many shows.com. And I'm here with Pete P.I. He's going by Pete P.I., I think, on both formats now with Bosch and Legacy. We've got P.I., so. It got still- too complicated. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's just simple. Let's just simplify this real quick. I'll just be the P.P.I. for both things. What's up, everybody? How are you? Let's do Bosch Legacy 9. Bosch Legacy Season 1, Episode 9. Title is Cat Got a Name, and it's written by Eric Overmeyer and directed by Kate Woods. So let's jump in. We've got a lot of content in this episode, a lot of different storylines covered. A couple things starting to wrap up. You never know what might happen in the finale at this point. Anything you want to mention pete before we jump into one of the storylines i feel like this episode was a thrilling episode there's a lot of drama suspense it was one of those things like you know when the killer's in the house in these scary movies and like you know he's in the house and the lady's like walking very silently and like you're just waiting to see like oh my god he's gonna kill her like that's kind of what i felt about this episode the writers did a really good job of building up the suspense yeah yeah. Um, to lead me right into where I need to be for the finale. Plus, like you said, when you have, you know, guaranteed season twos of these sh- of these um shows, you know, episode 10 is is could be a cliff. Like, anything can happen. It could be a cliffhanger. Could yeah. be this. Something bad could happen to your main character because you, you, you know, you have to you have something to build off of. Right. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So I always feel like in, in that situation, when we know that ahead of time, or at least they have an idea ahead of time, we get normally a lot of closure in episode nine and a lot of you know craziness in episode 10 so to speak yeah it, it happened in the lincoln lawyer so you know yep. but yeah no i felt like there's a lot of drama a lot of suspense i was excited for it at the same time i'm like when this episode was over the only thing you could do is really just put on episode 10 and go you know they put you in that in that position where it's like yeah. I got to I got to keep going. You can't yeah. stop. There's no break in between these two episodes. It should just be one one big episode because the build up and then the payoff is good. We'll get to the payoff next podcast, but the build up is here. Well, yeah, it's become very fashionable in the last decade to refer to the ninth episode of a, you know, or the second to last episode of a season as the penultimate episode, which, you know, it's it's a it's a good it's a good word. And in that whole idea of setting up the finale, it's like setting up a shot you know, in basketball or something, it's, it's, this episode is going to leave you ready. So ready for episode 10. So let's get into it. One of the, uh, a a storyline that we haven't picked up on in a couple episodes, I think is Harry's house. You know, he obviously he's been staying in the PI office and making home there with Coltrane because his house has been red tagged. Well, he's talking to a realtor and asking what, kind of the value is as is and then with renovations and getting it back up to code and i think we're looking at if i remember correctly about a range of 1.2 million with no renovations as is and then up to maybe about 1.7 million when if he spent the time and effort and money to get it up to code big numbers in my world the either way (laughs) big numbers i I mean but it's a no-brainer i mean before before he even asked her what she would do, what she yeah. did, he asked her what she would do. And she told him, you know, she would just sell it as is and not even deal with the, you know, with the bull. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Because before mm-hmm. I even heard him ask her, I'm sitting there like, you know, that's a, you know, that's a lot of time to make, you know, that little amount of money. Harry doesn't want to deal with these people. However, the first thing I thought of, how funny would that be if there was like <laughs> a, a five or six minute, 
you know, beginning of an episode in season two where he's actually arguing with these guys about things that they're trying to do. Like just right. to see how he reacts and stuff like that. Because we know he reacts to criminals. We oh, know he yeah. reacts to certain, but we never seen him really deal with like contractors. And we know mm-hmm. sometimes contractors could be a little, you know, drawing the line of shady. Yeah. So just to see how he would handle that would be entertaining for me. But it I think be. he just sells it as is. And I don't think we see it in season two. Yeah, that, that would that would be comical. You're right. So he's he's talking like those are his two choices. But what if he doesn't sell at all? That you know, there is a third choice there. I don't but see I that ju- happening. Okay. All right. From, that's your that's your Okay, prediction. so so here's here's why. And this means nothing to this means nothing of relevance at all, but it's just funny. So in my world, Harry is I understand like you think maybe he's one of those people, I'm not going nowhere, blah blah blah. Nah, Harry doesn't want to deal with it, he's gonna move. Also, in the TV realm. I got to think it costs a lot of money to have that place rented to have the shots or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I believe that they will downgrade it. And just from the TV aspect of it, I feel like, you know, it's it's probably one of those expenses that you cut for season two. Maybe. To maybe. allow you, you know, give me more, you know, Crate and Barrow. There you go. Okay. All right. And sacrifice I the house. You. That's that, that's my trade-off. Like, give me, give me something like that. And I'm okay with the trade-off. I love the house. And it's like, it's Harry's thing. But I also have no problem removing it, having him stay in a, you know, a less, a more downgraded um, domestic environment and, mm-hmm. you know, being able to maybe pay for another star with your budget, you know, you bring in Jamie Hector for an episode, maybe, you know, there you go. Jay Edgar. Yeah, I'm on it. We need it. We need more of him in, in season two. That's all I'm saying about that. It's it's funny, too. This is another example we've heard in this season about sort of take the money and run. Russell Barnes did that when. He got, they used the, uh, was it the face scanning or whatever? Yeah. And, and it wasn't really legit. They didn't, they didn't follow through. He, you know, he was wrongfully accused of that and, 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 or they were willing to settle. And he's like, yeah, I'll take the money. I don't, I don't want to go to trial. She's like, you know, you could get more, honey tells him. And he's like, no, you know, and I, I think I'd go the same way in both of these scenarios. So another yep. case of take the take money and run. Get. Yep. Take the money and run. So. Also, let's follow up a little bit on where Honey is. She has a meeting with her therapist in this episode. We haven't seen her talk to him in a while. And she has this weird dream within a dream. And they come to the conclusion that I think it's pretty obvious that she's feeling guilt about something. You know, she, what is she doing a presentation or in court or something? And she or realizes- is she working the system? Because that's the first thing I thought, Tracy. I ah. said, she's smart. She's talking to a therapist about this dream she has of whatever is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Because she's planning on possibly doing something really bad to somebody. And <laughs> if she does, she's going to sit there and, and and have some sort of crazy way to get out of it. Or at least a, a, she set up a feasible defense. I feel like she's on. She knows that she's unstable when it comes to certain things. Okay. And I feel like we've been seeing the buildup and it's going to blow up at some point. And I thought personally, thinking like a criminal. That she's just buttering up the toast real quick. So if something goes down, her therapist, even if you do temporary insanity or, oh, you know, like her guilt was so big, it caused her to go temporarily insane. Oh and then my. she pulled yeah. the trigger and she only needs counseling and she can't be this, you know, to keep her out of jail, you know, and save her life. That's pretty dark, man. That's the first yeah, thing I thought when I said maybe it's because it's October and it's Halloween. I don't know. But I, I'm like, I just, this is good. If she's if she's doing that, this is pretty good. Well, I took it much more at, at face value that she's just feeling guilt over the whole going rogue with, with Carl Rogers, taking that into their own hands and every uh, the fallout of, of all of that and, and where things landed. But, you know, or maybe what Pete says. <laughs> Let's let's just see in the next two episodes how dark she gets, and then we'll let's see, see how crazy I am. Let's see. 
but yeah, she had, she had this crazy dream where she was in a dream and I don't know if she court or during a presentation or something and realizes she's naked. That's a classic, you know, like you said, anxiety dream, but then she wakes up, but it's not in real life. She wakes up in the dream and realizes she's killed someone, you know, and to, it, it disturbed her. You know, she said to the point that when she actually woke up, she did go and check her car for, for signs of, you know, had she run over someone, thankfully uh, there were none, but yeah, it was just, you know, we dropped in on her therapy there again. It, it had been a while. So, and there had to be a reason why they dropped it on the therapy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's the yeah. only reason why I dig. That's the only reason why I dig so deep into these things because <laughs> yeah. there's got to be a reason for everything they write. I, I, I'll take the I'll take the prediction, the opinion. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, what do we want to talk about next? Maybe the Nicole Davis. So Nicole was murdered, and they are suing on her behalf for her son in this suit, Rose and Associates, meaning Marty and honey and so they're trying to get their ducks in a row and mo is helping them out he's in on the the meeting where they're looking at a stat kind of a status meeting of where they are what they have what evidence they have and uh, mo points out that you know with all his social media and video stuff footage that might be online it seems like he hasn't been able to identify anything that definitively disputes what has been reported by the by sis as far as there being a gun and he makes a sports analogy about not having, you know, a definitive angle. So they want to get their hands on the footage, but Matthew, our good guy, Matthew, who we want to see more of in season two, he, uh, he points out that they have like 45 days to turn it over. Plus they're doing their own investigation. So that's not looking like they're going to get that very quickly. Honey is meeting with another attorney who had sued Cosgrove or SIS or, or both. And um, that ended up being settled out of court so she can't really get much ammunition from that but then we see it from the side of the of the police from detective morrison and i I would say would you agree pete he's kind of having a crisis of conscience oh yeah he's you know he it's it's kind of like you know it's a the wrestling term turning baby face like he's a bad he was a bad guy or at least you know a tweener and now he's going on the i feel like this whole episode he's all of a sudden has a moral change of heart however Let's not forget that this guy had his sudden change of heart right before a big investigation was about to come down that could have possibly <laughs> threw him into the mix and have him, yeah. you know, in all sorts of trouble. So, you know, it's kind of ironic, the timing. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely changing from like, you know, where like even in this episode, I was like starting to feel bad for him and sympathizing yeah. for him a little bit. Yeah. But then I caught myself and was like, come on, you forget the other five you know, episodes where this guy was terrible. Well, no, he was never terrible. I mean, well, you he, know what well, I mean. He, was, he did. He did convince the mom to kind of said he would protect her. He wasn't yeah, he, able to protect her. Kind of put her in harm's way. Her daughter. So, you don't make promises like that. You can't. Yeah, keep. that's a good. And point. he did. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. Maybe that that was the thing that drew him over the edge, and now he's trying to do right. the right thing. I get it. But good point. You know, the damage is done here. It's going to take a while before I really feel bad for you, buddy. So if you get in trouble in the next couple episodes, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Okay. <laughs> you, know like you, heard, you heard it here. You heard it here. Yeah, he's, he's talking to folks. He's trying to talk to, he goes to see Nicole's mom and she doesn't really want to see him, but he just wants to, you know, apologize and tell her how sorry he is about how things went down. But you just, you can't change what happened, you know, she's, and, uh, but he's struggling there. He wants to try to, it seems like he's trying to, he can't make things right, but he's trying to maybe do the right thing at this point he also talks to detective bennett with rhd who's handling the case because she asked him some questions in the parking lot 
about Nicole in uh, being named suspect number two in Cosgrove's report. And Morrison didn't really classify her that way in his report. And she's like, you know, I'm trying to get this straight. What's the difference? You know, what do you think? And he just kind of straddles the fence. And, and he even says, you know, I don't want it, my document, my report to be, you know, two way off from, from someone else's, but he kind of just, he kind of, you know, admits that it could be kind of a gray area. You know, he did not see her as a suspect. He, he felt, he felt that she was put, she was under duress, that she was participating in the, being with James Sharp and trying to protect and get back to her son. So no, he doesn't really think of her as a suspect but he was just kind of vague about it. So it just, that just shows to me more that there's some struggle that he's not quite lining up with uh, Cosgrove and SIS on, on his reporting. And he's, he's also trying to, it's interesting. He's trying to kind of justify it to her and also project back on her. Well, maybe you're trying to get your story straight, you know, and usually, yeah. usually that's a sign of when you're actually struggling with that, you know, when you're projecting it on somebody else. The deflection type. Yeah, type. yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where we are with that. It just kind of, you know, goes to show that he's struggling. There are some discrepancies in these reports. And, you know, of course, in the last episode, the big sort of reveal that on the recording of setting up the drop that Nicole had seen the gun in the truck. So that that's not adding up. So we've obviously got some some things that that aren't pairing well. So it's it's no wonder that he's he's struggling. Uh, all this above making a promise, you know, he couldn't keep. So that carries on. Get some progress with the Basu murder. Moe's on the case again, and not so legally or legally at all. He obtains a prescription audit for Dr. Basu of where his group had been prescribing and how much and and when and it looks like dr shipman who calls dr basu his mentor has been prescribing an extremely high amount unusual amount of opioid for patients and he has a mark as a lot of these homeless patients well when bosch goes to visit them on the street and say hey what's you know what's dr shipman been prescribing it wasn't opioid so these scripts were going somewhere else yep most sticks with the the surveillance and uh sure enough he finds shipman um you know in his car one night uh doing drug deals with them so I, they have him on recording on on tape doing that so it, there's definitely motive there now so at this point in the story when you're watching before you got to the finale pete did you did you feel like yep he's the one he's the guy who did it dr shipman uh, i don't know if he ne- i don't think he necessarily did the the actual murder but he was definitely somebody who maybe hired the person hmm. okay that's where like he was involved yeah. in it yes was he the mm-hmm. actual murderer i i didn't believe so at this point okay i assumed yes they they got him because especially with dr gallagher saying it clearly was somebody with medical or military expertise so it just all added up but we'll find out more in the next episode we'll see what harry does with this information that they've obtained and I just felt like the doctor was a little more higher up in the criminal organization that he was running where he wasn't doing the dirty work himself. He would okay. bring somebody in outside okay. higher. Okay. I get you that. I get you that. Um, but I, I did, I suspected him of, of something, some involvement early on. It just, the way he was. Oh just, yeah. There was something fishy about him all yeah, the way, but he was so you know, helpful. He, I mean, he loved Dr. Basu, called him his mentor and was conveniently not there the night of the murder. So, Hmm. You know, yeah, yeah there, there was suspicion surrounding him, I think, from early on. 
for most. Uh, let's move into the screen cutter case. In Thai town where Preeta Setong was raped, then there was another assault where the woman got away and the screen cutter ran off. And then they have a report from anonymous tip that, had, that they saw someone who sounded like the suspect running through a particular area. So Detective Coleman, who's leading up that investigation, is in the roll call meeting and gives an update. And Lieutenant Thorne asks them, the, the cops, to do a canvassing of that area. And that's when Raina speaks up and, you know, questions whether it's really worthwhile. And then, of course, he assigns her to, to lead up the whole canvassing. And but take Matt, your boot with you. And take your boot with you. And, and boot, man, she's a... Uh, She's eager. She's, we see it Harry's on her daughter. face. Yes. 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 <laughs> She's ready to get out there and look. So yeah, they're out there talking to folks and nobody has a camera. Nobody saw anything. And the male guy, man, he, he's like, I don't have time for, <laughs> for this. <laughs> that, that one was kind of funny to me because he's, he's like, yeah, you asking me all these questions. I'm trying to deliver the mail. I'm not, you know, looking for criminals. Yeah, so. pretty much. Plus you don't want to be the mailman talking to people because you're, <laughs> And then you're the most obvious mobile target in public. You can't even hide out. You have to go to work. <laughs> yeah, you have to go to work. So, yeah, then Maddie comes across um, an inspection sign on a house. So she thinks, hey, maybe I'll call this inspector and see if they've seen anything. They've obviously been in the area. She calls it's a guy named Doc Weiler and leaves him. Or, well, she doesn't know his name yet. Um, she just has the number, but she calls and asks him to call her back and leaves a message. And then she ends up getting a creepy return call from Doc Weiler. It was very unsettling because she's talking to him and he's there on his computer, you know, has a like a search up of all her images and pictures. So we immediately start to worry for Maddie that could this, is this just a creep or is this the guy, you know, is this the guy that did it? Um, let me just jump in here. Jump in. You, you asked that. I immediately was like, this is the guy. Me too. Me too. I didn't I even think about this. This is just a random creep. I was like, this mm-hmm. is the guy. Yeah. That's you know, where my and I call him is. Orville Redenbacher. You do? Okay. Because Doc Wallendollar is just like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's Orville Redenbacher. That's the only way I remembered him throughout. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, it's Orville Redenbacher. Because he has that's that weird funny. name. So that's if I funny. say that, I mean that guy. For okay, you and the audience and everybody listening, if you hear Doc me say Weiler Orville Redenbacher, is, yeah. it's Dark, not Dark, Doc Redenbacher. <laughs> <laughs> Dorkweiler. Yeah, Dorkweiler. Oh, you know what? He is a dork. He's in a mess. He, he's gonna have a lot of problems when you know he's Jay trouble. comes back for the when Jay comes back for the finale. If this guy messes with Matt, there's gonna be a lot of problems. All I'm saying oh, is Jay's gonna be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is gonna be bad news for everybody involved. So let's just hope that Orville Redenbacher stays Jay, in his lane. Jay, who thinks he's a surrogate parent of a fictional yeah. character, Matty Bosch. <laughs> yeah. But they do have some luck on the canvassing. We, you know, we we didn't mention that that they're digging through the trash and the Vasquez. She's hating it, man. And well, they're that, looking for a lucha mask because supposedly yeah. this guy's yeah. a lucha mask, and and then that's right. what the, that's what he he had on, right. or that's what they saw him with. So this is a big fact. It's kind of like you know when they say does Evan distinctive features? Well, he was wearing a lucha mask. Right, that's his right. distinctive feature. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're digging through and they do find that. But that's a lot of trash they were going through. You know, we don't know how many days of trash Yeah, they don't show us. They don't show the us the, the day or the hours, mm-hmm. and how, how dirty and how many, you know, they don't show us all that. They just like, all right, here, this is the first can. Show the next scene, which seems like it's six hours later. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we found it. So it's like we didn't he see that. You know, we, 
She Imagine it. if they had, if we had to watch a six-hour episode of them digging through trash to find this mask. Yeah, nobody wants that. Like right? TV yeah. time is is moved up, <laughs> is you know, speed up so perfect that like, oh, here he is. It's a, they just yeah. found it. You know, they just started looking. You and I would would go through and describe the whole process. Thank goodness we have actual television writers that are talented that don't force us to go through all those details. And we television get viewers who could put the who could put the dots together that oh, yeah. so they were searching for the light. It's dark now. It was light before. <laughs> they still search. They just found it in the dark time. Okay, that was six hours. That's right. Yeah. So and and Vasca, she's she's proud of her boot. She found the mask, and you know, I I don't think did they say they they did. She did make it. She meets with Harry later in the day, um, or whatever day. Just so we're talking about. We don't know what day, yeah, <laughs> but um, just... she's, she's talking to Harry about it. And you know, there's no match in Codis for the DNA, at least that they got from you know the exam with Preta. And I don't know if they mentioned yet if they've pulled anything from the mask yet or not. I mean, but either way, if they, you know, they don't, they have not obtained a match yet. So who are they dealing with? Is it the creepy phone guy? I think so too. So yeah, there's progress in the case. And then, you know, add a little bit of fear in there on top of it uh, since Maddie's uh, talk was talking to him. All right, Vance. We got a couple of storylines with Vance. We were still trying to figure out was Vance murdered? You know, they did an autopsy. What went what happened there? And then the whole effort with the heirs, because we know that Corwin and Creighton from Vance, well, from Trident Security and then Corwin, you know, from Vance Engineering have hired this unnamed assassin to try to get rid of their problem, so to speak. So we'll get into that. But first let's talk about was Vance murdered? And we, we get some resolution here on this. So Bosch visits Ida Porter, who's always reminding us that she worked for Vance for 40 years. She tells well, we find that, out later that that's because people forgot that she worked there for 40 years. That's why she kept reminding everybody. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they forgot. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he, he goes by to get her to ask her about the package. Did you know what was in it? And she says, no. And he tells her and, you know, she seems surprised, especially when she says that Mr. Vance wasn't his right mind. And Harry's like, eh, I wouldn't, wouldn't really try to focus, emphasize that. And turns out that the, the paperwork that Harry received had 10 million going to her. She's surprised. And he says, you might want to get a lawyer. She's also surprised that he's the executor of the will. She seems surprised about that. And uh, but basically, he describes the chain of authenticity and what he's trying to establish for this will and that he will, you know, he's just going through the process of, of trying to authenticate all this and wants her to sign an affidavit to the effect that she didn't know what was in the package that she just mailed it. So he's checking that off his list, thinks he got that taken care of. But then he gets a visit from detectives Poydras and now Musso. Which, you know, that's the, the joke, Musso and Franks. The first guy that was partnered with Poydras was Franks. And apparently he had an aneurysm and died. And now his partner is Musso. So Musso and Franks, you know, it's a little funny nod to the restaurant. But they come by and they're just not satisfied with Bosch saying that this all had to do with uh, Vance looking up an old college roommate. They, but that they, was they, a good back and forth, though. I like those guys. Dem and Bosch yeah. had good rapport. Very good yeah, rapport. Yeah, it was a great scene. So, you know, they're like, we, we need to talk some more. We're not buying it. That's There's got to be more in there, you know. So 
Bosch is like, okay, well, we can talk. I'll give you a little, you give me a little. And they try to push a little too much at one point. And Bosch is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. One question that's at a time. That's not the game. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not, not the, the game. That's not how the game works. But he learns through that conversation that, okay, we learned that there, there was the autopsy done because of we're talking about a billionaire and you don't just let that go. You investigate. So there was an autopsy and they found also found a pillow that had like some saliva on it it looks like he could have been you know smothered with that so there is suspicion that he was murdered so obviously they're investigating further and they want to know what harry knows and they go back and forth and he never mentions the actual heirs he only goes as far as there was a a son um that that died in in action in the Vietnam. War, yeah. yeah. So he, he doesn't go as far as telling him about Bibiana and what's the grand what's the grandson? The great grandson? Gilberto. Gilberto. Yeah. So he doesn't mention them. But in their exchange back and forth, he's looking at some photos because they mention the pen, the fancy pen. And Bosch is like, what? You know, and he looks at the photos, and sure enough, there's the fancy pen in the initial photos that you know, the start of their investigation. Then they go back after the autopsy and do another group of photos. And then the second set of photos, the gold pen is not there. So it's just, it's not adding up. You can't do the math you, you there. Know, it's, it's, I don't want to cut you off. I'm sorry, go ahead. but go ahead. Um, it's funny because it reminds me of um, the regular Bosch series uh-huh. when he was looking at the photos that. um. Oh yeah. With borders and the, the yeah. pendant was there and it, and then it was wasn't gone. There. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, he's like, and then maybe he's like, don't mention it or whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah, like that that's the first I thought of, about like the photo the before and then, you know, the it's there the yeah, originally yeah. then it's gone in the photo yeah. and you're kind of trying to figure it out. And I'm like, oh, that reminds me of when that happened because I feel like that was a big moment uh-huh. in Bosch and this was a big moment in Bosch Legacy yeah. season one. So yeah, there's a, I don't there's know if they did that on purpose. Yeah, I don't know if they did it on purpose. It's like a little Easter egg or mm-hmm. like a little nostalgia or if it just happens to be, you know, their version of good writing because it hit on both both times they did it to me. It worked. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think it went down in the in the book that way, too. But, yeah, it, it, it does make you think back of the before and after photos. And I mean, I'll never forget Irving in that shredding scene when he's yeah. like, what photo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's the but, first um, I thought of, like, what photo? What pen? <laughs> so that you know immediately raises questions with with bosch about about ida you know she's looking suspicious now well she sent me the pen but then the pen is there and so he goes back the next day with honey to get her to sign that affidavit but clearly they've put a whole theory together about yes. ida but they go in under the presumption of just getting the affidavit and also we see bosch on the phone with uh, he's talking to Poydras and he tells him to come in 30 minutes. So they, they really think they've got something and they're, they're planning for the detectives to show up shortly. So they go through the motions, you know, and sign the I affidavit. Like that was the them, him calling them to come in 30 minutes was all the scare tactic because as it plays out and we're about to talk about uh-huh. right when, right when they're about to get her to crack, she sees them in the driveway. They yeah. pull up in the driveway. Yeah. So even yeah. if, the, even if they don't have it, right. She doesn't know that. So yeah, that was yeah. a little clever. That was good. a way to like, you know, trick her where if you know if you did this, you know, just say it. Like it was Yeah, definitely up It was interesting, yeah. 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 So he pulls out the pen. Oh, you still have the pen, you know, and 
I'm glad it will go to its rightful owner and all that. And, you know, they just go through the motion. She signs it. And then she asks Honey, you know, about when she should, you know, establish some representation. And uh, she's like, oh, so when you'll get your money, you know, it, it's it's a blow. You know, it, it's meant to be condescending. You know, it catches the Ida off guard. And she's like, oh, no, no, I just need to know the timing of it, you know. And um, Bosch is like, well, we're, we won't be filing it. So, you know, you're going to need a lawyer, but not for that. A different type of lawyer, and, she, of and honey lawyer. can represent you. You see, well, yeah. blah blah blah, and you're protective. And I'm just like, wow, they just literally went in and got themselves, um, uh, a, a, you know, an arrest, a murder mm -hmm. solved. Honey's got <laughs> a new client that's gonna pay top dollar to get. It's like this, <laughs> like not this poor lady, but you know what I'm saying. Like, talk yeah, about not this the poor old, lady. You know, the no. bait and switch. Bosh, right. honey, the, the cops. They just pulled the ultimate bait and switch on this lady who thought. Okay, cool. I'm gonna get ten million dollars, and I don't have to work no more. Definitely the bait and switch. Yeah, and now yeah. you got you lost everything. It's like wow, like wow. All at once, the shoes, both shoes, just dropped at once. They both dropped. Yeah. So, so Harry goes through what they presume happened. That she, you know, she wrote the will because she's been writing letters and stuff in his hand, and added herself in, and, and then she killed them. You know, and she's like, um you don't have it right you know so okay well tell us what happened and that like you said yeah, tell, us, she, tell us the right story <laughs> yeah. how you murdered this guy yeah. And why. Tell us. yeah go ahead and so that yeah like you said that's when she sees the cops out in the car out in the driveway in the car so so she she tells them and you know it turns out that he had asked her to write that out he was on his deathbed she writes it out but he didn't include her and um so yeah back to the whole 40 years things you know and Harry's like, did he take you for granted? And and she's like, no, he relied on me. And, you know, he did always say like, oh, what would I do without you, Ida? You know, we saw that what, in the show. Which but is why, which is why, like, and I sit here and I wonder, when she realized that he didn't add her in and she was mm -hmm. still writing it for him, mm -hmm. why didn't you turn around and say, hey, what about me? Did you forget <laughs> me? Like, it's a, it's a lot easier than murdering the dude and writing your stuff. Like, a lot better than murdering, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like if you don't have no money and you really want something, your best bet is to go into the store and just ask the owner if you can have it. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Compared to stealing it and then going through a whole other set of problems, like just ask if you can have it. If he says no, he says no. Then that's it. You move on. Like what's because you know she was hurt from the beginning, and then she he would have gave them. her. He probably yeah. realistically just forgot about her. He, he was, was sick on his deathbed. deathbed. Yes, like to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like. Just say, turn around and say, hey, you're not gonna leave me anything after all I've done. Like, what kind of crack is that? Like, am I, I would have made a joke. Like, am I that bad at what I do? Like, you know, I, you want me to pay you and then yeah. hopefully, you know, get the right thing. Like, and you're good. You're in the clear. Yeah, you can almost hear him saying, oh, I know. What was I thinking? Of course, add 10 million for you. And she would have probably got 20 or 50. But, but no, she, she was a rule follower up to that point, up to that point. And she did what he said. And then it starts to fester and she, thinks, well, I can, I have the stationery, I have the pen, I can just change this. She takes it home, she writes a new one, she includes herself, thinks, no harm done. Like she says, he's got so and much money. now she's in a lot of trouble, so there you go, oh, yeah. people, there's consequences. There things. are consequences. <laughs> so she thinks it's just, you know, a non-issue, and, uh, but then he rallies, he, he seems much, much healthier, not very healthy, but, you know, much better than he was, and he rethinks well, hey, let's make this really official and go through my attorney instead of just a handwritten one. 
I have the energy. I'm doing a little bit better. Let's do that and just make it yeah. more secure. And she's like, oh, crap. Because he, then he's going to see that she changed it. And so she just, I mean, why do people murder people? How do they get to that mindset? I don't know. But she snaps and she sees an opportunity and she does that over money. She she smothers him with a pillow and she admits to that. Meanwhile, we find out the deal with the pen was that the pen Bosch has isn't real, that he told her at some point that that was a duplicate. So not only did she kill him and write $10 million in, she's got the real pen in her, you know, safe deposit box. She's, you know, she was planning to get the benefit, the money from that too. So yeah, bad, bad stuff. Ida, you blew it. You shouldn't have kept telling us that you'd worked there for 40 years and you should not have murdered Mr. Vance, but she did. She turns herself in. And what did you think about the, um, the detectives being kind of pissed at Bosch solving their case? Because now they, they kind of got egg on their face. She turns herself in and they didn't was, really listen, do anything. Listen, oh, my, get over it. I feel like they totally entrapped her, but not like in a legal way, in like a, in a, not in an illegal way, but in a legal way, because she basically confessed to Bosch and Honey Chandler the whole story of how she murdered mm-hmm. this person. However, because yeah. she chooses to have Honey represent her, Everything she just told Bosch and Honey cannot be used against her. If she would have right. been like, no, I don't want you guys. I want a different lawyer. Bosch and Honey could have testified against her. Now, yeah. the detectives come in. They get they get an arrest that, that Bosch pretty much, a case that Bosch solved. But they arrest, don't get, they get the, the arrest details. And they have no information. So That's Honey's going to get her the best deal possible because they have no information. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that part. Like, think about it. She's up. She's up for for trial for murder right now. Mm -hmm. And honey could probably get her off because no one's seen her murder. They she she'll get caught for um, changing the the paperwork and, you know, embezzlement and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. But she might not necessarily be arrested for murder. Mm -hmm. It might be like a like a manslaughter charge. Right. So you're really messing up the detective and the cops situation here Mm -hmm. once. and, And they literally, like I said, they came in. They went in for a different reason. They 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 threw the bait out. They caught the fish. They reeled the fish in, and then when they knew they had the fish, they had the fish actually volunteer to stay in the bucket and be cooked. You know what I'm saying? Like, now <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now think about it. That that lady's gonna pay honey a lot of money to get her, you know, a downgraded situation or a plea or yeah. something else. Yeah. Because she also, I'm sure that Ida also has a lot of information about the Vance Corporation and those shady guys that have been. Trying oh, to do yeah. horrible things. Yeah. So she's yeah, going to play herself right out through Honey. Honey's going to make all the money, all the publicity, all the fame. It's a million dollar case. Bosch is messing up the cops again. You know, classic <laughs> episode nine, classic Bosch. Classic Bosch. So that's wrapped up, as, at least to the point of an arrest and a, a turning herself in. We know what happened, but good point. We don't know who's going to find out all those details at this point, but we know. So the Vance airs. So They've been using the the bug on the phone to kind of you know mess with the Corwin and them to give them like false information. They say they're going to take these DNA results to BioWrite Labs, and she's going to take it you know right away. And so of course they're hearing this on. Then a couple of days later, whenever Bosch they've hired this assassin, Bosch is uh, walking Coltrane and comes in and sees someone cleaning the windows, walks into his office, and something just feels off. He starts smelling something like probably cleaner is what he smelled in the air sees the same cleaning lady walking out the the complex or the um, parking lot through the window and he's he's you know starts to put together that that she was watching him or going through his stuff and then he goes ahead and dumps the bug in his coffee he's like we're, we're not gonna play this game anymore he decides to go ahead and um destroy the bug that's in his lamp but 
yeah, this this uh, unnamed assassin assassin is causing all kinds of trouble, and she actually, Honey does go deliver the like the fake results, and then what do you know, the unnamed assassin goes and does some electrical movement uh, with the power box or whatever, and uh, she sets it up for an electrical fire. The whole, they they take care of the the whole lab, and even Bosch and Honey are like, wow, we didn't think they'd do that much. Sloan's trying to help Bosch, and the same unknown assassin is taking photos. So then they know that Sloan is a traitor to them. He's been helping Bosch trying to protect these heirs. So again, she's, you know, she causes the fire, ratting out Sloan. Which and- in TV world, if you guys don't know by now, it normally means that Sloan's probably going to be dead within the next two <laughs> episodes. By the end of this one or in the middle of the next one, you're going to uh-huh. find Sloan in a river somewhere, and that's just going to be that because that's what happened. Not looking good for Sloan. And like you mentioned before, I think it was you who brought up on the other podcast that we were nervous for Honey when she admitted that she was going to take those results. Yes. Like, what's going what's gonna to keep them from just taking her out? And but that was my anyway. point. They went after the lab, but not her. I mean, it wouldn't have yeah. just been easy to pop her and take the results? Like, come on. But, but we'd, then we'd we wouldn't digress. have Honey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then she's part of the show, so she's a big part. Yeah, we need honey. <laughs> we need honey. So um, then Bosch gets a call from Bibiana, and she's confused and a little stressed out because she said she just got a text from Sloan that he was going to do another security check, you know, because he's agreed to watch the building at her place. And she's like, A, he just did one about an hour ago. B, he's got a key now, so he doesn't need me to, the text was asking her to buzz him in. And so he doesn't need to be buzzed in. So that's not adding up. She calls Harry. And of course that puts Harry on high alert. And he's like, get out of there fast and get out of there now. You know, don't delay. I'll be on my way. I will find you. So she wakes up her son, Gilberto, and they, they get out of the apartment and they start going down different paths and stuff. And this unnamed assassin lady is, is there trying to, to murder them. And at one point, they get outside of a window and go down a fire escape. Now, my question here is, and I, I wrote this in my notes, why did they go back in the building, Pete? They were out of the building. Why not just flag down a car or, or scream for help? Why did they go um, back in the building? So, I mean, I thought basically a couple of reasons. One reason is I do know that sometimes buildings have weird fire escapes. Mm-hmm. which only go down certain floors and then you have to like go inside and then around to the, like, you uh, know what I'm saying? Like the fire escape uh-huh, would be on the left yeah. on, and then, okay. to the, yeah. but I, I don't think that was the case here. I also think at that point, if you're outside in the fire escape and there's an assassin or somebody coming to hurt you, you're kind of a loose target because you're just kind of out there on the fire escape. So yeah. And if they're on the inside looking for you, they could still have somebody stationed on the outside looking for you that you know she doesn't know that it's just one yeah they don't know the situation this person's not like like boss i can understand he jumps to the fire escape he can move on his feet Mm -hmm. you know this lady's panicking for her life never dealt with anything like this before she doesn't know what's going on um so i mean i think it was more of just you know let's get inside let let's not let's not keep moving yeah they want to be as hidden as they can be i think they want to find the closet bury themselves in a closet Mm-hmm. And hope that Bosch gets there to help them or the cops or whoever's coming. Because that's the first thing I thought to myself, like, this lady's called Bosch and is waiting for Bosch, but nobody's called the cops. Right, right. Like, yeah. why didn't someone call the cops and say, hey, you know, why didn't you press 911? 
hey, someone's trying to murder me. I'm at this address. Then hang it, you know, throw the phone on the floor and then run. Mm-hmm. Now, at least when you're in the closet, you're waiting for the cops because from my world, you're waiting for Bosch. If this unknown assassin or whoever's trying to hurt you takes out Bosch when he, gets, he pulls up yeah. in the front, yeah, boom, yeah. <laughs> they're going to get you anyway next. Yeah, yeah, you're number two. So, so why wouldn't you call the cops or at least try to get to, you know, a, a safe area? So, yes, I questioned it at first, but then I also thought to myself the I whole thing you. of, you know, yeah. where, where they just, you know, they, they didn't know the outside because, like you said, there could have been someone just, why wouldn't you post mm-hmm. up somebody outside? How do you know how yeah. many people are actually after you? If it's right. if it's the whole security group team, you know, the, Whitney's um, Vance's security team, mm-hmm. those guys, you know, you have, you know, six or seven trained guys. So I needless mean, to say, all that to say, it's a very stressful situation. She's they're being hunted. And so they get up, they end up in this one room. They're going up and downstairs. They end up in this one room, lock the door, end up under a tarp um, in, in this one area. And but the lock doesn't stop our assassin. You know, she takes out the lock, gets in there. She seems to be in the same room as them and, you know, with her gun ready to go. And that's pretty much when the episode ends. So Harry is not there yet. And uh, just makes you want to go right into the finale, right? Gotta know what I mean, yeah, because you assume that Harry's going to pop out of nowhere on the opening scene and distract her from finding them. And then they're going to have their big payoff, right? You can hope. You can hope. Yeah. Or either you think that they're done for, that we're going to lose the heirs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The unknown assassin is going to kill the innocent victims and then Bosch is going to get there too late because he lost a step. Yeah, let, let's let's name a show Bosch Legacy and have him get there too late for the victim. Come on. Hey, he. well, we, we assume that things aren't looking good for Sloan, so he could This be. is the episode when Harry walks over there with a cape, when Harry shows up with his cape. His cape, Episode yeah. 10 of every Bosch series season ever, mm-hmm. Bosch becomes a superhero and that's what's going to happen here. All right, let's hope so. Well, we talked about a couple of questions and opinions on things. Who is your person of interest for this? Episode? I'm gonna go unknown assassin. Oh, that was mine. I knew it. <laughs> but because we don't choice. know nothing about her. We don't know anything about her. She's just like I said. She had her hand in all these different parts of the episode. So I agree. Yeah, she. I mean, she is causing trouble. Lots of trouble and lots of fear. So uh, well, yeah, no, I also, you know, going into episode ten. You know, Harry's about to do this big face off, I feel, mm-hmm. you know, could Harry get hurt in this exchange? Yeah. So, you know, you wonder how they're going to end episode 10, like I said earlier, if they're going to go cliffhanger or, you know, build you the next season. And there's still a lot of um, open cans of worms. I mean, you know, you could have went with the Sloan as a person of interest. You could have went with Maddie or mm-hmm. well, what she's got. She's finding yeah. a Lucha mask. Obviously, yeah. you know, she's mm-hmm. on the trail talking to creepy I mean, I guys did- on the phone. Orville Redenbacher. I did think about um, choosing Harry, you know, and we do shy away from, you know, selecting one of the main characters. Sometimes the guy in the title of the show, but he was good with those pictures, picking up on clues about the pen and just putting the pieces together. He was, he was pretty smooth. So doing the Bosch thing. So I guess he's about to get real dark real quick. That's all <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. Cause yeah. that's what happens in Bosch. Yeah. He gets dark at some point every, every season, like real that's dark. That's a good point. That's so a good point too. It's going to yeah. happen. All right. Well, I don't have any trivia for you this time. You have some for me. A very simple one. Um, don't set no, me up but like that. This is easy. This is, I feel like this could easily be a multiple choice one. So when Bosch does walk into his office and he does have that face like and he starts sniffing things and he realizes something is up when he walks through the door on his wall by the door, he has a coat rack. How many hooks are on his coat rack? 
Three. It's actually four. I was. But, but that was one you could have guessed because how many hooks could you really I have? Know. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking three or four, and I was like, oh, four would be too obvious. That's what I said. I said, you know what? I was like, it's episode nine. I'll throw a nice softball out there. I know she's not looking for it. You know, <laughs> that's the one thing she's not looking for is this coat rack and how many hooks. This would have been a softball one. What color was the like the apron or that um, assassin lady was wearing when she was cleaning? Black. I think it was navy blue. But it had to be a dark color. That's the first yeah. thing I thought of. Like, yeah, well, it was like, why would you a light yeah. color? That makes no I'm sense. I'm just saying, that would have been more more doable. But no, that's not bad. Because we've probably seen that coat rat many, many a lot. times. Yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah, because so. of the, the angles. But this one, like yeah. I said, I was because I was looking for something else. I was looking for the name of the cleaning, like the bottle. Remember when he looked outside and the person was uh -huh. cleaning the windows? And then yeah. he looked outside again and they, had the, they still had the spray there with the thing on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to, to, to zoom in on the spray in the name of the cleaning spray, but it was turned around the whole time and they didn't show you it enough. Right. So I was like, oh, I can't use that. But as I was like pausing by accident, I got a scene where I saw the coat rack and I'm like, you know, no one's really looking at the coat rack, but you can mm -hmm. guess it, you know, because mm -hmm. you guess it's either two, three, four or five. So yeah, yeah. it was like no, I said, right. it was. I think I'm going to ask you this too. I, I'm say, I think one of my favorite parts of the episode was the exchange with Ida Porter, you know, because they it sounded reasonable what they thought happened, but then they got it wrong and then she told them what happened. I like those reveals of how it all went down. I enjoy that that part. What was your favorite part? I guess yeah, it would be it would be this a similar scene. Just the mm -hmm. fact of the fact that they came in, they they came in for one reason. They totally did the Kansas City shuffle on her where you know she thought she was like, hey, when do I need a lawyer? Well you're gonna need a lawyer, but not for that. And a lot sooner right. than you think and Hey, guess what? I can represent you for, you know, a, a nice price, you know, a very expensive price. And I guess what a bonus I get. The, the, everything you just said to us doesn't go into the police record. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because you yeah, lawyer it up to mm -hmm. begin with and all that. So I'm like, hmm, that's pretty slick. I like yeah, it. That's slick. Um, it worked just like the idea of where they literally took this person who had like all control of the situation and totally turned the narrative on her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that Flip whole scene alone, yeah, very, very slick and like, ooh, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Now, one more question for you before we go. I'm, I'm thinking now, who are you more afraid of at the end of this episode? Thinking back, and of course, you know, we've seen the finale, we're going to get to it. But when you were watching it the first time, who were you more scared for, Maddie, because she's talking to who we think could, you know, is the, is the screen cutter, or Viviana and Gilberto? Being um, so I was and more not worried for about death. not 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 for death, but just who are you I was more worried about Bosch because okay. I didn't I, okay. at this point in the season in the in the episode and whatever I did not think that Maddie had anything to worry about. Okay, okay. I thought she was just they were just showing you her taking calls and mm -hmm. you know I didn't think it was going to be you know I figured something would transpire out of it. At the same time. I never felt danger for these people because I never thought these people, these victims, you know, the, the heirs were in serious danger. I was worried for Bosch showing up at this place, going up against an unknown assassin in a building he does not know. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel for me, I'd say that, yeah, the stuff with Maddie talking to that guy and seeing those pictures was just super creepy and. There was a reason for it. I just didn't know why. And I just yeah. figured that, that that next episode, they would have this guy get right. caught and she'd be like, oh my God, I was talking to that guy. But as far as actual immediate fear, I was fearful for the heirs because I could have seen 
I don't know. She was she seemed, she seemed very close, and they. I I just didn't think that was gonna happen on a season one of a of a boss legacy show. Maybe season five or six they go dark and kill like the. <laughs> The, the you know the grandmother or whatever and they right. leave the kid and you know whatever but yeah. this this show is is in the first season it's on um the free v thing so a lot of buys are on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you got to get that you know that good you have to get that good ending like or at least that's somewhat good yeah it has to be a balance you can't just have mm-hmm. all these bad things happen yeah okay well it was a very good penultimate episode and we'll be back Hope we have a full house to break down the finale. Do some good stuff. Yeah, we got to go hard on that. Go hard. All right. I think that's it for us for now. And we'll be back. See ya. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.